Welcome to the Orion Sportscast Podcast, the most refreshing analysis, insight, and opinions in the world of sports. Here are your hosts, Josh Egan and Brandon Waterhouse. Another episode that's centered around the Toronto Six. Uh, we're cranking them out here. We really want to put a focus on this team. And we are joined today, not a player, not a coach, but just as important and is really kind of spearheading the movement behind the team online. And that's Alyssa. Alyssa, why don't you take it away? Tell us about uh, yourself and what you do. Of course. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. Um, I really appreciate you saying uh, it's just as important because I was like, good for the ego. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my name is Alyssa. I have been working in social media and digital marketing for the past three years. Was an intern for about a year and a half, almost two years. And then um, over the last year, um, have moved into more of a paid role, which has been wonderful. Um, I used to intern for the Toronto Furies of the CWHL in their last season before they sadly um, the league folded. And then didn't really work in hockey for a bit, did a couple of like little side gigs for a couple of things. Um, but then I was reached out to by the NWHL last December, about a year ago actually now. Um, it was actually a really funny story because I went on like a Twitter rant and then they, I was like, I got an internship coming up, like shooting my shot, just tossing it out there into the dark. Right. And then they were like, maybe it's not a long shot, check your DMs. And that was like the craziest night of my life because like, what? I didn't realize they replied to me because I saw the DM, but I didn't yeah. see the reply. Okay. So I saw the DM, so I was freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'll just reach out to me. But had no idea that they publicly were like, check your DMs. So let's, so, then, like, so let's go back to that because there was a tweet that kind of, uh, and we can, we can bring up the tweet if you want or not, but what was the whole idea behind that? Because I saw that tweet and your response was like, I was like, wow, be correct here. So what and more importantly, more importantly uh, sorry, before you answer that, Josh and I are looking for our internships literally in six months. So, <laughs> well, uh, shoot your shot on Twitter for your internship, um, yeah. but yeah, so I'll talk about it. It's fine. It's public. Yeah. It's out there. Uh, so Cassie Campbell made a tweet uh, about a year ago now. It was the end of December of uh, last year. Uh, well, it was 2019 at the time. But um, she made a tweet about a PWHPA showcase saying, like, no press release needed, like, just fans in the stands, whatever. And, uh, like, it was the same night as the NWHL's uh, outdoor game, Buffalo versus uh, the Riveters. Right. Um, which was gaining a lot of traction. They had a bunch of tw- uh, Twitch viewers. Their social media was unreal, and like all that was happening. And so I quote tweeted it. And I basically was like, "This is a little bit like not the nicest tweet to read." When I put so I I personally put so much work in for a CWHL team the last year, improved their numbers immensely, and grew their digital brand for them quite a bit for free. Like I did it as an internship, uh, and I went on a little bit of like a "Why are we bringing something down when it's good?" kind of rant. Um, and I was actually fairly anxious about it because, like, obviously, Cassie Campbell is a very right. uh, prestigious uh, person in hockey in general. Um, yeah. And I grew up, I, I grew up idolizing Cassie. Like, I, I play yeah. hockey, and like, I Cassie was, I would see her on broadcast on CBC and like on uh, Hockey Night in Canada and stuff. I'd be like, Yo, she's sweet. Like, she's sick. Like, she's unreal. Um, so I was a little anxious about it, but I also kind of like knew it was like the right thing to do because mm-hmm. it's a topic that should have been talked about. Um, and then at the end of it, I tossed out like, there's a part of my like um, resume that I have that has some statistics of when I worked for the Furies and like how much their numbers improved from the previous season to the season that I played. Um, and I was like, hey, these are the numbers that um, like I've put up if you put 
good media coverage. I have an internship coming up. If anyone wants to work with me, my DMs are open. I miss working in hockey. Right. And then the NWHL replied, but they DM me first. Like they were like, hey, we're growing. We would love to have you on a team. Here's this email. Email us in the new year and we'll connect and we'll figure something out. Um, and then they tweeted at me too. And I, like people were like, yeah. the, the response and the, like just everything in general was so positive towards me. And it, I, I was so humbled, but I was also like freaking out internally. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a really cool moment. And then, so that whole night happened, got in touch with their comms and their PR uh, head. And then in like right at the start of January, I started working on the Minnesota platform. Um, so basically my initial role and like my initial like thing was to drive ticket sales and was to drive like merch sales and just bring some of that extra like a little bit of like push towards sales for uh, the Minnesota uh, platforms because I already had a, a social manager they already had like a bunch of stuff I was kind of there to support um, which was a lot of fun because it eventually turned into me being um, in a bigger role than I originally thought right. um, so towards the end of the season like I was covering their live games I was doing all that stuff having a lot of fun unfortunately it was COVID though um, they weren't able to play in the final game of the Isabel Cup versus Pride unfortunately um, but it, it kind of like silver lining kind of thing for me, at least personally, because that um, I was able to transition into a paid role and work on the league platforms. Okay. So from so from mid-March, when kind of like the world blew up a little bit, uh, yep. not a little bit, a lot. Um, a lot. But <laughs> yeah, quite a bit. Um, so from like that point on to about two or three months ago, I was also working on the league platforms. So they had a Twitter draft in uh, May, I think it was. I, I was the one who like posted all that and worked on that behind the scenes and whatnot. And then I was helping out with all their off season signings and a couple of other announcements throughout the off season. Um, then I got asked to help out with the Riveters. So now I'm also the social manager for the Metropolitan Riveters as well as the Toronto Six. Yep. Um, but going back to the Toronto Six, um, when I got brought on, there was like some talks about a possible expansion, but like, I was just like, hey, I'm here if you need me kind of thing. And then April 22nd came around and we were going to officially launch and I created the Twitter. I had the handle actually um, at Toronto NWHL saved from the previous year because the NWHL announced that they wanted to expand to Canada. So me being me, I went and saved um, at Toronto NWHL. With, I had no correlation or no relation at all to the NWHL at the time. Like, I knew nobody. <laughs> yeah, I knew nobody in the league. I knew nothing. I was just like, I'm going to go save the handle. Why not? Yeah. I, ha- I Let's do it. And then I ended up using it, which was such a cool thing. And then I've had the pleasure of being able to uh, generate the voice for the Toronto Six social media platforms, create con- content for them, post their content, and manage all their platforms. Now we're no. here. Yeah, no, it's been great. Like I'm looking at their, well, I've been following there ever since it was announced and I followed have been they're probably off of the NWHL and social content. So well done on that. You've been Thank quoted you. by, quoted and retweeted by quite a few big news sources in the last couple of days. Brandon. And the Avalanche. Yeah. That was yeah, so, yeah. so the Avalanche actually have been um, kind of T6 like fans for a while. So in the summertime, uh, we kind of covered the NHL playoffs a little bit and we the Leafs obviously lost to Columbus as we all know um so we didn't <laughs> I'm not a Leafs fan by the way so 
just good uh, clarification just because uh, if you want yeah. to the background huge disclosure yeah not not a leaf fan um <laughs> but so we didn't have a team for, to cheer for but we still like wanted to cover it and like have fun with it and generate that um and generate a voice in hockey and try and get some more followers so we like put out a tweet basically being like hey uh we want a bandwagon a team and one of our incredibly talented designers made um like t6 logos that were integrated with the playoff team logos yeah and they were they're sick they were so cool and we <laughs> tweeted out we eventually got down to three because we asked people we were like hey who should we cheer for and it was the avalanche the hurricanes and the canucks so we posted the three of them and then they we put out like a, a poll on twitter and instagram and it ended up being the canes um at the time and they lost in the first round, as you know. Um, and then it became like a thing that we were like jinxing the team that we were cheering for. Yeah, I so, remember that. Yeah, but it was generating <laughs> all this engagement and it was, it was so much fun. Um, I actually was on, I was on vacation for like two weeks of this whole entire thing. So um, a guy named Nick who now works for the league, but was working for the T6 at the time was killing it on socials. Um, and we got a follow from the Canes and we also got a follow from the Avs. So the Avs have kind of been around for a bit. Um, but what they said the other day was pretty cool with their like yeah. calendar thing. That yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah. So the fighting between teams online, um, you and Boston have been going at it pretty good, which I'm here for it. I don't like any Boston team. Uh, just kind of like, like, I don't hate them. It's just kind of like a fun hockey thing. Um, how important is that to the growth of the league for just the online interaction between teams? It's so important. I also think it shows like it's a different um, different view of things. Like what 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 the NWHL teams post is different than what the NHL teams post, and that's right. for a few reasons. But I think it's a really unique thing that women's hockey has the opportunity to do. And it's that building that online presence and that funness of it and like that like witty, um, like feistiness of the team accounts. Um, and it helps the hype. Like we have, we've been in our off season since, well, we, we've only been a team since April, but like it's been the off season for the NWHL since March. Like we haven't, right. we, it's been, it's been a long time coming. Um, so you have to generate hype somewhere and it's, you're not playing exhibition games, right? So you got to, you got to do that through Twitter and yeah, one, but yeah. Well, it's working. Um, you manage two of the teams, Metropolitan and Toronto. So are you, are you ever fighting with yourself? Like you log in, send a tweet on Toronto, then log into the other one. And then you're just like, have you done that so, yet? I haven't noticed that. Not yet. Not yet. I, so one night, I think it was like, there were like two nights that were really close back to back when like Boston, Toronto were on at it. Yeah. On the second night, I made a tweet on the Ribs account, basically being like, "When the when the new kids and the Lion King wannabes are fighting on the timeline again," and it was like this like Squidward meme. But like, I haven't I haven't gone back and forth yet. Wow. Um, I'd be doing be, that just for my own entertainment. <laughs> switching back and forth yeah. between the accounts. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. No, I haven't done that yet, but probably as the season gets closer, that'll be that'll be something that comes up quite a bit. That just reminded me. So when obviously you'll have to live tweet the games. Yeah. What when those two play each other? I guess you're pulling double duty there then. A little bit. I also have support from both sides. So yeah. like um yeah, like I'm the main voice behind like both. Like I'm posting, like I'm the one creating the post copies and stuff and whatnot. But like I I have quite a bit of support from designers and other content creators and other social managers, um, and just 
content people in general. Um, so it won't just be like me on both. Um, yeah. I'll definitely be supportive, but it'll be, it'll definitely be interesting. I'm, I, I have lots of screens. Like I have yeah. like, I have double monitors and I'm good for that, but I'm interested to see like how that goes because I've never nice. done that before. So yeah so the interaction on twitter for the nwhl is it's it's you've made it very exciting to see and we've also made note that you were the you run the, the you ran the humber media accounts on instagram and we kind of screenshotted a few especially the one where they beat the sheridan bruins and you kind of said some things and i kind of want to know if like what's the difference in how you uh were you the same person or have you grown and how you engage in social media since Humber to the NWHL? Um, well, Humber was a really cool opportunity because uh, Humber has 20 different uh, varsity teams. So like, there's, there's so many things to cover. Like I, I ran their Instagram and I also ran uh, their like live Twitter where they like post their live scores and stuff. Um, so it was a really unique opportunity because I was able to like see different demographics and see um, like how different audiences work and how like people react to it um but I've definitely grown since um and I'm interested to see how like my live covering skills are back in hockey because I remember when I was covering Minnesota last year I felt really weird like I was like mm -hmm. it was like in a weird transition because when I brought got brought on for Minnesota I originally wasn't going to be covering live games so when I started covering live games I felt kind of weird about it like I still did it I still did the job and whatnot um, but I'm interested to see how I am now because of just how much live covering I did for Humber and how I was able to have that witty kind of um, response and voice for Humber. But obviously Humber, like, Humber is like, the, they, they know they're the best and that, that's like their voice. And I, I ran with that. Like my boss yeah. was amazing and supportive in that. He was like, if anyone has any issues with any of your captions, they'll talk to me. Don't worry. Um, right on. Yeah, and I was really, it was like good support in that sense. Um, and I was able to get that voice through our socials. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how I can get that voice um, through live covering the T6 and the Reds this year. I think, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Right. Gonna, so just, just on that live coverage thing, obviously, like I'm involved heavily with, well, I, none of my tweets have gone huge, but I involve and get myself in the, like the Leafs Twitter and NHL Twitter and whatever's on, I get, get involved with that. And there's some really funny tweets out there that are like, something happens in the game, snap, someone's tweeted something. And that's a skill that you probably have, right? When we're live tweeting, like you gotta be funny and come up with something quickly and on the spot. So is that something you developed or is that just something you think you have? Um, so I've kind of like, I've been involved with hockey Twitter since I was literally like 14 years old. Like I'm 22 now and I've been on the internet for quite a lot of time. Um, and I've been on hockey Twitter, which like obviously hockey Twitter is a very strong presence platform it's a great um, place and a dangerous place <laughs> yes yes I've seen both the greatness and the dangerous parts of it many yes. times um so I think I've kind of just like I've always had a passion for that like digital side and that social side like I am I'm, I'm a Red Wings fan um unfortunately um but <laughs> <laughs> um but I remember like the moment when I realized that there was like a person behind their account because I, I found like their, their digital producer his name's Dan and he does like a bunch of like video stuff for them and photography stuff and I found his like personal Instagram and I remember like seeing his account and seeing like the behind the scenes stuff and I was like 
whoa, I, you don't, you don't, you didn't realize that there no. was like actually people behind that account. And that was kind of where I was like, this could be something that I could run with. And this could be something that like I could possibly do. And then I would like tweet on my personals and I would have fun with that. And I don't know, it's just kind of something I've always been passionate about and have enjoyed. Yeah. And back to like the hockey Twitter, the negative side, obviously we don't want to stick too much on the negative side, but it's there. It's prevalent. Um, so when you post something and it's happened to me too, I'm sure it's happened to Brandon. Like, for example, I responded to a Leafs tweet where they had signed uh, Scott Sabrin. And I responded just with the Matthews nameplate check. And I got about 200 DMs from Sens fans telling me some very not nice things. A lot of people <laughs> hating on me. I'm like, oh, geez. So when you post something on like a team account, or or a league account and you see a negative response how do you handle that is it just a case of ignoring it or because i know personally you're probably like i could respond through this account but like you can't because it's not it's probably protocols of course yeah so yeah. how how do you handle those because i've seen some pretty bad ones it's like i would how do you, yeah how do you keep the personal side of you wanting to say what you say out of it yeah um so a lot of the times it's ignoring and like the mute buttons one of your best friends yeah. um but there are times where like i will like a lot of the times like i'll maybe go on my personal account and i'll like quote tweet it or something um but a good majority of it is just ignoring it and a lot of the times like at least with like my personal work and the stuff that i do in women's hockey like the way i portray my social media accounts and my social media content is like I want to make it really, really difficult for people to hate us. Right. Like I want to make it so hard for them to have to like for them to make those those negative and like ridiculous comments. Obviously, it's women's sports, so we're gonna get that. Unfortunately, That's, it is what it is. You see, Sportsnet posting. Um, actually, a great example of this actually is um, when Digit Murphy was announced as the head coach. Sportsnet posted uh, a little bit of like quick, a graphic. Quick plug: Who we had on our show? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Also, also my employer. Um, <laughs> love you, Digit. <laughs> um, but when Digit was announced as a head coach, Sportsnet posted like a kind of like a graphic and like a nice thing on Instagram for and tagged us. And um, people were in the comments basically being like, no one cares about women's sports. And then, and I, I was kind of at this point and I was like, you know what? I respond to this one so I responded from the t6 account and I was like well like something along the lines of like I don't remember it word for word but it's something along the lines of like pretty sure quite a few people care because like over like six million people watched the NWHL and Twitch last year and then Sportsnet came back too and they were like like no a lot of people care you just like you're just being rude and everyone was like, like and it was a nice thing because for once like it was like nice to say something um, yeah you handled I it think, very well yeah, I think that's a really good example of how, how to handle it properly. Obviously, like you could get really upset and you could say something you might regret on the brand account. Um, but it's not worth it either. Like these, these these guys are just scrolling through Instagram and they see they see women succeeding and they hate it. Like it's just, you, can't, you can't you can't do anything about that. They're, they're just awful human beings, unfortunately. Um, and that's right. who they are. Um, but hopefully those comments will see a little less as we go but we're still gonna see them unfortunately but ignoring is the best thing to do i just right. sometimes so I wish i could more like harp on them and say more yeah things, but. yes so i just got one more thing and then we'll get to the actual on ice product in the bubble because i'm sure that's what we all want to talk about uh kind of in when was vegas's first season was it 2016 i think something like that when I think it was 2017 yeah when they came onto the scene 
their Twitter account kind of changed the way other teams' Twitter accounts worked. And I don't know if we remember that, but they kind they were trying to be edgy and funny, and they got into a little bit of trouble. Um, yeah, I think they have to switch social media managers or something like that because there was a tweet about uh, people in the press box cheering. Based on, there is a fine line you have to be careful of, and I think they crossed it. So finding that line is definitely important. Um, and I don't think that they were able to do that. So is what Vegas did, do you think it was too early for them to be able to do that and somebody had to make the mistake first? Or were um, they just kind of pushing it too far when they first came onto the scene? They were trying to get noticed pretty hard. And yeah, they were pretty they were pretty vocal and they still are. Their account's yes. still like their account's still pretty spicy and their account's still pretty vocal in that sense. Um, but so were the hurricanes. But another, Yes, but another account that I can think of, at least like back in 2017 and that that year, um, the LA Kings were really, yes. um, were very, were very vocal and were very, um, were very feisty and were very um, not your typical brand account for, for, uh, for sports social media. Um, and I honestly like, I think it was like past due. Like I, I think yes. like it was, it was needed. Um, like, at the end of the day, there's like there are people behind that account, and it's not a player, it's not a coach, it's not a GM, it's a social media manager, or a social director, whoever it is, and they know the voice and they know the brand, and the way they decide to run it probably is going to help them regardless. Like I know the Avalanche have a very, um, like I want to say the word loving, like that's like the word that comes yeah. to mind because they're such like a supportive um voice and they're just like they want like everyone likes them kind of thing the canes are like that too but then they're also like we're a bunch of jerks to like get mm -hmm. off of us kind of thing um but i think it was needed um obviously like there were some things um you make mistakes it's a yeah. new thing um i i've personally made mistakes on like brand accounts i've had a couple tweets um a couple in my first year with the series that I've had to delete um, and you live and you learn and you, you kind of have to figure out what's right to tweet and what's not to right to tweet. Um, yeah. And that's a process. And definitely now in like 2021, the social media sports landscape is very different than it was in 2017 when Vegas just joined. Yeah, I think true. Vegas brought that new vibe and I think it was much needed and much deserved for the hockey community. Yeah, and that's my favorite thing that people forget who's behind the phone because you'll see like, uh, I don't know, Montreal Canadiens goal that the Leafs will tweet out. There's like, oh, you need to trade. I think the one that comes to mind was like, you need to trade Cody Cece. And there were accounts that responds, I'm just the social media manager. It's like, yeah. <laughs> they're not yeah, in charge I, um, of, yeah. they're not in charge of that, guys. It's, that's my favorite. Yeah, concept. I think it's Arizona's Twitter, but at one point they had in their bio, like not in charge of the line combinations or yeah. this. And I was like, yes i like this person they they're good at what they do um yeah it's a really important reminder for a lot of people that there are people behind that account and that they aren't a coach they aren't a, they aren't players they aren't management like they're, mm -hmm. they're they're still like directors and they're still high up positions but they they don't have any control over what gets done on the ice they just have to post about it right for sure for sure brandon why don't you take us into the bubble you had a question about that well listen you are you traveling? Are you in the bubble? Do you have a look? Are you have to go there? I will not be in the bubble. Right. Okay. So that clears a lot of the air. So, um, in terms of covering the bubble, uh, how many, I guess, how do you dictate your schedule on, 
if the riveters are playing and the six are playing and you have a little bit of a lot of work to do, do you have like people who assist you in running both accounts? Yeah. So I think I was saying it earlier. Um, I have incredible support from both ends, um, from both the ribs and the T6 ends. Um, the T6, I have some incredible designers that I work with um, and a couple of other people that are just so supportive. Um, so I'll have some help with like pulling clips and grabbing stats and all that fun stuff. Um, and helping me make like memes and graphics and whatnot. Um, and same with the ribs. Um, but bubble bubble time is gonna be gonna be intense. I'm gonna be sitting at my desk uh, probably from like 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. And I'm okay yeah. with that because I haven't covered live hockey in a very long time. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be busy and it's gonna be very intense. Um, I think are the two words that that come to mind immediately. Um, and a lot of it's going to be communicating with people inside the bubble. So um, a couple of my plans are to have like daily schedules for both my teams and both like people, my contacts inside the bubble. Like, hey, can you get a video of the players walking out on the bench? Hey, can you can you put this GoPro here? Hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do that? It's going to be a lot of that. And I, I'm, I'm yeah. probably going to feel bad because I'm going to be like being like, get this, get this, get this. But if I'm not there, I'm not there. Right. And you need to generate the content so right yeah so how excited are you for this bubble because obviously oh, I, incredibly excited like, i can't wait it's hasn't been nothing like this has been done before where it's kind of a, a it's almost feels like a tournament style just the way it's laid out with the five games and then semifinals finals let's go we're in and we're out and i actually think it's going to be really good for the league um just because it's going to have eyes on it for sure with that new deal on uh, I think it's NBC in the states, and then, it, but it it hasn't been done before, and it's really gonna generate interest because it's different. How do you feel about that? Just because it's a yeah. different format, and it's I hate to say it, but it's it's quick and it's in and out, so that might get more eyes on it because it's not a long investment. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Oh, it makes absolutely absolutely so much sense. Um, it reminds me of like a like a women's world tournament. So right. uh, like a quick to like you're playing each team once and then semis finals done boom two weeks mm -hmm. you're out um it's gonna be a lot like it's gonna be um I'm really excited too <laughs> a part of me wishes that like the uh, the NHL started like after us like in February yeah. 13th instead of January 13th but they'll be in the start of their season so like it'll be a little different obviously um but yeah it's gonna be really busy like it's gonna be um there's going to be like multiple games on a day um, and it's going to be intense hockey. Like the, the rosters this year are just like stacked, like, like Connecticut, like I can't, I can't really pick a bad team. Like, like Connecticut's good. They, they've been a bit of like not a good team for their entire franchise. Um, <laughs> like their, their team's unreal. Um, Boston's sick, unfortunately. Um, uh, Toronto's unreal. They're off this like, I'm biased, but like they're off their sweet. The Revs have a crazy forward court. Like I, I don't even, I don't even know what Ivu is gonna do. That's their head coach. I don't even know what he's gonna do with his lines. But he has so much to work with there. Um, Buffalo's really young and they got incredible goaltending. Um, what am I missing? Oh, Minnesota's Minnesota. Like they're gonna be. They got good goaltending. They're good. And it's just gonna be really good hockey. And <clears throat> excuse me. Um, in the two week span. 
Like there's just going to be so much happening and all eyes on the end of HL, which is what the league deserves. Right. So uh, let's focus on the six here. We haven't seen them play. They haven't had a game yet. And their first game is going to be. A and they barely even practiced as a whole team. Right. Let's just keep that in mind. So they're what, practicing a lockdown. Yeah. So what can a viewer keep an eye on if they've never, well, I guess they've never watched a T6 game, but if they've never seen these players play, what can they keep oh, there's an some eye standouts on? Like, right now that we should yeah. be. Yeah. There's some standout signings and players that, you know, that would instantly draw attraction. Oh my gosh, there's so many. And like, this isn't even like, like I said, I was being biased earlier, but this isn't even my bias talking. Like the roster. We, we, yeah, we want people to know the names. Like, we want yeah, the roster is stacked. So Cheyenne Derek Angelo is definitely one. Um, she played, she's played for Team USA. She's won in Isabel Cup. She's played in the CWHL. She's been all over the map. Um, she's a great player. She's a great power forward, uh, probably be a top line center. Um, and then Michaela Grant-Mantez is a excellent hockey player. Uh, she played Mary Mack for four years. And then last year at the end of her college season, signed with the Buttes for a few games. So she played two, I think it was two regular seasons, uh, season games, and then one playoff game. And she had like five points in those, in those three games. Like she was unreal. Um, she's sick. Um, defense was, I'm really excited to see uh, Sarah Steele play. So Sarah right. Steele played for BU, and then she played overseas in Budapest for a few years. Wow. Uh, she's a really, yeah, she's a really slick skater. And, Who knows her hockey in Budapest? Yeah, right? Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm excited to see her on the blue line. Uh, Emma Woods is another one that's one to watch out for. She has kind of played forward and D. I'm not sure where they're just going to put her. I think she's probably going to play forward, but I don't really know. Um but she's a great player. And then the goaltending is just unreal for the T6. You got Sam Ridgewell, who you guys have had on your podcast. She's wonderful. Um, and she's played overseas, uh, played Merrimack with uh, Grant Mentez, uh, and she's a great goaltender. And then we have Elaine Chuli as well, Annette, um, who played Furious, played over in China. She played at UConn. She's an unreal goaltender. Um, yeah, those are mine. Those are my standards, I, think I guess. It- but there's so many good players. I could talk about the whole roster if you needed me. Especially when Digit came on, it's important to know. And even when maybe when Sam came on, they just said, although it's an expansion team, it's built right now to to contend and win and mm-hmm. go into the Isabel Cup championship with, yeah. you know, the chance to bring its fans home the Isabel Cup. It's not just here to have a team for the first year. It's here to win right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, you guys have had Sam and Digit on your podcast. Like, you know, from both a player's and a coach's perspective, that they want to win now. Like, it's oh, not yeah. like a, we're going to get there eventually because we're a first-year team. Like, they want to win, and they've built a team to win. Um, it's, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Again, like, I've been behind their social media accounts since the very start. So, it's been a long off season. So, hockey right. is definitely needed. Who do you think is going to be the rival? Because I'm thinking Boston or Buffalo just based off distance, but that might be decided in terms of playing style. Like rivalries are usually determined by distance um, as we see in the NHL, but with only six teams in the league, we can kind of see some rivalries born in this bubble. Um, Like thinking maybe three, four years down the line, who do you think is going to be, you know, tune into this game because Toronto's playing Let's just say it's Buffalo. Like, which one's going to be the team's number one, you know? Yeah, be- I think it's probably going to be, like, I, I agree with you. I think it will probably be bu- uh, Buffalo or Boston. We've already kind of generated that Boston 
Toronto rivalry already. Um, But yeah, I definitely think it's going to be either of those two. Um, But you could see like in with a six team league, right? Like you have the opportunity for rivals everywhere. Like you, it's kind of one of those things where like you have that chance to have those crazy matchups no matter who you're playing um but definitely bu- buffalo for it being buffalo and toronto and then yeah. boston for just being boston right oh Alyssa, i have a quick question i'm unaware where is the metropolitan riveters located where is metropolitan is that new york um so they used to be new york but their current rank is new jersey okay so especially coming from humber and you know humber's in toronto area and now the six are in the toronto and we know if you're from southern ontario toronto is kind of held in a certain standard they use certain language they act a certain way people from toronto think they are you know more times above the rest of southern ontario how do you use certain toronto language slang differently than when you run the toronto accounts compared to the the riveters do you have to watch the lines because you're also you've experienced in toronto you know how it, you're kind of grown up and sometimes you have to like there's drake language there's rap lyrics there's a whole culture in toronto do you have to change that when you run to the riveters uh yeah i've also think i've developed just the difference between the voices like between the rivs account and then the t6 account um obviously like at first i was really worried that my the voices of the two accounts would be really similar just because like of the way I do things and the way I post and the way I generate content, post content. Um, but I, I think I've done a really good job at deciphering the two um, and sticking with it. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously like with Toronto, like you gotta keep in mind the market, you gotta keep in mind the Canadian-ness of it. Um, one thing that always got me when I started working with Minnesota, I was, <laughs> I always had to like, when, when I, typed out the word favorite or the word color yeah. oh, I'd have to get rid of the U I'd have to get rid of the U because it's an American platform all Huge. the time all and the, the time. trolls will get you they're like oh she's Canadian we know no, it we know they it. will <laughs> yeah I was making jokes about that when I like got brought on for Minnesota like right away because it was like it was one of those things like you grow up using a U with those words and then you, you can't use them um so but many that's something people. that's come yeah there's a lot there's quite a bit yeah um like wow. way more than you think yeah um yeah so you have to kind of monitor this is a weird question but monitor the news over there as well just get the climate of what it's like online because yeah, obviously so, so, like if you had a washington team right now you wouldn't be tweeting funny jokes if you're located in toronto yeah like you'd have to monitor. yeah so i i like i'm kind of like like I'm a Red Wings fan. I grew, I grew, so I'm from Windsor. Uh, I live in, I live in like the Toronto area now, uh, recently in Hamilton, but um, I born and raised in Windsor, so border city. Um, so I've kind of always had that like American-ish side to me, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So I've always kind of like yeah. been really, really connected with the American um, news and like just that like culture, if that makes sense. You know the right outlets to follow to get the right news. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I've just kind of always followed that and I've just like made sure that depending on what account I'm on, I'm following what's going on. I know when I was with Minnesota, that was something that was really difficult for me um, because that was new, right? Like that was like a new fresh thing. Luckily I had really good support with that. Um, but no, definitely like having to keep up with that, like both because like you said, like I'm not gonna post like Toronto, like new stuff on the Metropolitan account, um, but luckily again i kind of had that like american-ish side to me growing up so that helps too 
Right. So um, one last topic before we kind of wrap up here. Women's hockey in general is it's growing. It's getting there. But it's not where we all want it to be. I think we can all agree with that. Um, I think the biggest kind of eyesore on it right now is the the World Juniors did just wrap up, but the U18 championship for the women was not able to go forward. And everyone's kind of asking, well, the men pulled it off in a bubble. Why couldn't we do that for the women? And it's kind of things like that that are hurdles that haven't been crossed yet. So in your kind of overview of women's hockey as a whole, how can we grow it and put it on a bigger stage that it deserves to be on? What are the small steps? Um, Social media is a great example. Um, Clicking on articles is another great example, like reading the content, um, supporting those who cover women's hockey is also really big. Um, The thing with women's hockey is a lot of people that work within it, they either don't get paid to do it or they don't get paid very much to do it. Um, So supporting those who cover the sport and supporting the coverage like itself, like the content is really huge. So again, following all the teams, liking as much content as you can. Um, Also following the players is really big too. Um, Obviously they all have their own like full-time jobs right now um, Mm -hmm. because unfortunately women's hockey is not at the point yet where it could be like hockey can be a full-time job. So they are busy. So they're not growing their brands maybe as much as, well, not maybe, but as much as uh, like NHL players are, but following the players, um, supporting them and putting us on TV, like the NBC deal is huge. Like that's so big. It's, it, it, it's always like the comment is always made about like, Oh, like little kids are going to watch this and like whatnot, Mm -hmm. which I'm like, that's a lot of the ways like I go, like I, I've been playing hockey since I was three. I played girls hockey. Like I, I constantly had that mindset, but a mindset that's not thought about enough is just like the older crowd, like the older crowd that's going to watch that and going to be like the NW, which is going to be the NHL, and then they're going to Google it and then they're going to figure out what it is. And that's the big thing. So having us on TV, putting us, giving us sponsorships, giving us like just supporting us that way. And a lot of the support's not hard either. Again, like the social media thing's huge. You can generate sponsorships from social media. You can generate so much traffic from social media engagement. And yeah, it's not hard to do either. No, it's not. Like a follow and a like and a retweet and reading an article. How simple is that, right? Like, and then you get into that kind of guides you towards the league and all these other things. Like I went through the same thing when I first heard about the NWHL years ago. I was like, okay, what is this? What is this? And then kind of some stories broke about that because I know they, I think it was after their first season, they kind of teased an expansion. And then, so that kind of got me interested in, Oh, what's this story? Cause I think they tweeted that like kind of after the Clarkson cup final had happened, they tweeted a map of Toronto and Montreal and that generated a lot of buzz. Um, yeah. So stuff like that kind of helped. And if that was a, like a, a point to try and get attention, I don't know if it, if it was, or if they had plans, but it worked because they mm-hmm. kind of, it, that that week got a lot of eyes, but it's definitely important. And uh, it's just we're really excited to see the sport grow because the and you see it at the Olympic level when it's Canada USA in the final, it does numbers. They sell out arenas. Um, you even saw it kind of blow up a little bit when um, USA and Finland played in the World Championship in the final a couple of years ago, and then that was that whole controversy. And that gained attention just for the wrong reason because of the disallowed goal and everything. I don't know if you watched that game, 
Um, what, what, what are your what are your thoughts on that poll? Finland should have won. Yeah. Okay. That's what we had. Digit say the same thing. She's American, so <laughs> she. Uh, yeah, that was. I was uh, so hyped when they like when they won, and then yeah. when I just allowed it, I was just I was over it. That's heartbreaking. Uh, that was. I was that so was, upset. Yeah. So we'll get you out of here on one final question. What would you tell somebody who is trying to get into a role that you do or have done or would like and they can't find space or they're getting frustrated? What would you tell that person? Um, grow your, like, do what you want to do on your personal account. Okay. That's good. So when I wasn't working in women's hockey at the beginning, like, of half of 2019, um, I was covering games, like the rivalry series between USA Canada, I would cover it on my personal account. And it would like bring me engagement and then it would also bring me practice and I'd get right. better at it. So show I would people say, who you want to be. Exactly, like um, market yourself. So right. build your portfolio in a sense of building your own brand up and your own uh, Accounts up. That's good advice. I like that. All well, right. Thank you so much, Alyssa. We appreciate the fact that you don't only come on here as our social media, of, like our first guest who's ever run a social media professional sports team account, but our third Toronto Six member as the first expansion team for us for women's professional right. hockey area so we're excited we want to see good results on the ice and I know if those good results come we'll see amazing amazing witty tweets. <laughs> Even if the results aren't there, I'll try and be witty. So don't worry. Yeah, and I'll make sure I, I'll, I'll make sure I send you the trade requests through DM and not tweet them out. Of course, yeah, and the line combination. Same day lineups. We'll have to submit yeah. to you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, you're gonna. Have I, I'm in charge of all of those. All the line. Oh my lord. <laughs> well, you stay safe. And um, you know, go six. As far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. So where where can our listeners find the six? Go through your. Where can we find? Okay. Them? Um, so on Twitter, recently verified, we are at the Toronto Six. On Instagram, we're at the dot Toronto Six. Um, Facebook, the Toronto Six. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, which is growing rapidly, which is really exciting. Which is the Toronto Six as well. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on. I'll just of stop course. recording. Thanks for having me. We can just say bye off the air.